I'm I'm really curious, Susan. What is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, like you, I have many. <laughs> Welcome to Dialogue Creates, more than talk, where we explore issues and solutions together through the lens of dialogue. Thank you for joining your hosts, Susan Taylor and Hitta Vanderpool. Hi, Hitta. It's great to see you again. Hey, Susan. It's great to be with you as always. Thank you. So taking this opportunity... Before we dive in to thank all of our viewers and listeners, we really, really greatly appreciate your support and continued engagement with us for More Than Talk, our Dialogue Creates podcast. So that's shared. I'm actually going to start off with a question today. Hitta, what's your problem? I have many, Susan. (laughs) Many problems. Well, it depends on how you look at it, because if if you define, well, now I've learned to look at, at problems differently so that, and then I can question the fact whether it still remains a problem or it's just something to be addressed or, you know, so it's a slight nuance in all of that, but I've, uh, I've many problems. And I think today, um, we're a bit focusing on on what do we do with problems? How do we engage with problems? Um, and uh, I think initially, we as human beings tend to step into solving them um, right away. And um, I think today we're going to zoom in a little bit, not on our own, uh, not just on our own experiences, but also mostly in uh, corporate environments where you and me have quite some experience that we encounter people um, being confronted with uh, with problems and then how they do that uh, effectively. Um, yeah, so um, I think important to say what, what, what comes up for me right away is, uh, as I said, how do we approach problems? Is it uh, when when we approach it from a solving angle, uh, I think um, it leads to how we have looked at uh, leaders in what I like to call the old paradigm. So leaders, from leaders, we expect them to know everything. And when we are operating in an environment like this, then we tend to jump into, okay, now I need to come up with a solution and um and that kind of triggers a lot of things um but especially the ego um yeah. so that that comes up for me the the, the first uh, the, the first thing that comes up for me uh based on your question yes so, but i'm i'm really curious susan what is your problem <laughs> <laughs> well like you i have many <laughs> The problem of problem solving uh, and linked linked to what you just shared with regard to leaders, business, and, and generally, uh, uh, you mentioned us as human beings as well. I think we're just kind of programmed to fix things. 
It's and it's interesting to me. How do we even define whether something's a problem or an opportunity? And I think that's a shift that dialogue can kind of bring, at least in my experience. Uh, it, it, it begs that question. It, it brings that inquiry to the table. Uh, because the way I think about something, whether it's problematic or opportun- opportunistic, I think um, definitely plays a role in, in how I choose then to handle something. And as part of that uh, link to leadership, link to business, again, even us as human beings, but particularly in business, we're paid to solve problems, right? I mean, the more that we, quote unquote, climb that corporate ladder is uh, most often times partly due to how well we have solved problems, how well we have done that um, while still meeting the numbers, so to speak. And so I look at that. I look at even how we're educated as children, at least here in, in the U.S., and how that is really based predominantly around problem solving. And I guess as I think about dialogue and how dialogue creates opportunities for us to be more inquisitive than problem solving, how it creates a space for us to consider the different mindsets or opinions that we're bringing into any conversation or situation. I just wonder, how do, how do you define whether something's a problem or do problems even exist? What if, what if everything could be an opportunity? What if instead we could see something around the possibilities that could exist in something that perhaps makes us feel uncomfortable? Yeah, I like, um, I like that question. And I, that, you know, I think you mentioned uh, inquiry and I think that's one of the key elements of dialogue. And if you um, put that next to the field of problem solving or when we come from that what comes up for me is that uh, problem solving generates a lot of fear because mm-hmm. there's a fear of not being able to solve the problem uh, there's a fear that is connected to that that what if you can't solve the problem are you then still good enough so i think it it tends to put us in a field where uh fear comes in and and in general i think when fear is part of the game we become less effective and less efficient and so the how do we stay in the in the field of inquiry in the field of curiosity has everything to do with what you just mentioned it's how we approach uh the challenge at hand is it a problem or is it an opportunity for something new to emerge? Um, and and with the last thing, last sentence I just said, it's a totally different language that is, in my view, my perspective, linked to that field of curiosity. Absolutely. And then how that links to the decisions that we make. Uh, I don't know about you, but For me, anytime I've made a decision from a place of fear or anxiety or frustration, I'm almost 100% certain that that decision has not been the best decision for me. (laughs) Yeah, and I I feel we limit ourselves if we operate from out of fear um, because we tend to look at things just from one perspective rather than being completely open to all perspectives. 
Um, and when when we are open to all perspectives, it also means that, you know, coming back to the, the corporate arena, as a leader, you do not have to have the answers to everything. You're just leading the um, uh, the platform, if you like. You create the platform or the field of curiosity by asking questions and, and find out different perspectives. Right. And then from all of these different perspectives, we are most likely to come up with the with the best way forward. Right. Now that's so true. And I would add to that perhaps, you know, courage. The courage to uh to say, I don't know. For a leader, for someone in business, really for anyone, to have the courage to just simply say, I don't know, because I do think things are just incredibly complex these days in our personal lives, in our professional lives, across the globe. And what if we could hold a space where we didn't need to have the answer and we could have some safety around vulnerability in saying, I don't know how to solve, especially what I believe are really complex issues in the world today. And from that place, putting it into an opportunistic type of energetic could perhaps help us solve maybe the parts that we do have control over. So I'm thinking more like systemically or even culturally and these big, 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 you know, hairy ass questions that are in front of us today for, for all kinds of things, whether we're talking about, you know, climate change or whether we're talking about war or whether we're talking about any ism there's just so many things that feel so big to us and i think as part of that be because we do want to fix things we have a tendency to to hold back and i think what dialogue can bring to the table is an opportunity to lean in and have the courage to have some of the tough conversations the ones that feel most fearful to us in particular in a way where we can just hold space, not to defend or say, I'm right, or I have the answer, or I know the answer, but instead, listen to the diversity that could come out of that conversation, either with another person or within a group. And then from that birth, new opportunities that I know I could never have thought of on my own. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a sentence that came up uh, in my head while you were talking. And uh um uh, and and it's uh, uh, you know what the problem is <laughs> and the problem is you mentioned the word system mm-hmm. i think we as uh, humans have created a system that uh i would say as a, as a measurement of of good leaders and when we talk we're still talking about the corporate arena um the whole system around i'm just picturing uh, a, a CEO standing in front of the shareholders and uh, and actually expressing when being confronted with a certain challenge of the of the organization, saying "I don't know." So the the, the current systems in place, all the shareholders would probably look at each other and say, "Okay, how how fast can we get rid of this person?" Um, because it's it's just not how we measure things. So I think that's also a challenge of of these times is that it needs to be a balance, a balance of being trusted as a leader while not knowing the answers, but holding 
a space in which we can trust that answers will come to us. Yes. Yes. And what comes up for me is, as you speak those words, is this idea of maybe shifting to a place where we can facilitate opportunity instead of solve problems. And it reminds me of, you know, way back when in my earlier days of facilitation and how I would show up oftentimes in front of a fully white male C-suite group of eight to 10 men as a young woman. And this pressure that I felt to have the answers and to be the expert and to show up in a way where they would trust me because I had those answers. And therefore, in their eyes, it gave me credibility somehow. And I can't tell you how many times, and I've had to learn the hard way, I can't tell you how many times in doing that, even when I knew I didn't know the answer, but to pretend and kind of come across in a way where I was that expert in the room, because that's what power they were giving to me, just created complete near disasters <laughs> with my with regard to my ability to not only facilitate, but it completely had a counter effect to what I thought I was trying to be when I was, you know, in, in that situation. And over time, especially because dialogue uh, underpins everything for me from the perspective of a way of being or an attitude or a way to operate in life, so to speak. Again, learning the hard way, I, I did over time realize that I was a facilitator of holding space and in that creating new opportunities and deeper understandings. And when I could then even express that, like be explicit about, I am not the expert in the room. Just because I'm standing at the front of the room doesn't mean that I have the answers to your business problems, to your business opportunities and challenges. And once I could just be really sure in my shoes around that, it changed everything for me. And it built more trust. And we were in it together, participating with each other in ways where we were tapping in, I would say, to the collective wisdom that I think can emerge when we are in a space of inquiry and unknowing. Because with uncertainty, every possibility exists. Yeah, beautiful. And I so recognize what you're saying, uh, both in my uh, facilitating career, if you like, and my uh, days in, in corporate. Um, and what, what comes up now is that there there is a, a totally different sense of the energy in the room when you compare those two settings. Mm -hmm. So I, I, with the first one, when uh, you have to have all the answers or you want to be in total control, it's very tense. There's a very tense energy hanging around that is not also not inviting other people to really step into that space. And when I compare it to more of the, say, let's, let's call it the dialogue, uh, setting, there's, there's a lot of this dense, uh, tension energy that is, that is being perceived in a completely different way. It doesn't mean that there aren't tensions, but it's, it's not as, uh, compact is there's more air in the, in the, uh, in the room, if you like. Um, and I think, uh, one of the things that are important is to do that introduction. Like you said, I am, you know, to stand up from out of confidence 
even though you might, you know, it might be um, uh, an anxious moment for you, but step into the spotlight and say, this is who I am and this is how I see my role. And my role is not to give you all the answers. So I am here to hold space. And from there, you can trust that the answers will come. But it's something that we do together. It takes courage mm -hmm. and it takes vulnerability to step into that because you're actually breaking open the the system that probably your audience is still operating from. Um, yeah, so that comes to mind. It's really two different types of, of spaces that we create. Yeah. Yes, and that's the very word that came to mind for me is, as you were talking, vulnerability. And I think, again, most of us might be conditioned or programmed to believe that vulnerability is some sort of weakness. Um, that it opens you up for just a whole other can of worms, so to speak. More problems. And yet, in my studies and, and training, I, I've learned uh, quite the opposite. That vulnerability is actually the deepest point of human connection. And when someone that we tend to give our power to, like, like a leader, or perhaps a family member, or perhaps an educator, whatever our situation is, when that person can let all these other things fall by the wayside in a way where they can surrender to vulnerability, it gives others permission to do the same. You know, I think about this um, a lot, especially uh, as we approach, you know, the summer and, the, you know, where I live, we get a lot of severe weather and what, ha and what have you. And I think about this in terms of, you know, when there's a natural disaster, what's, what's our first kind of knee-jerk reaction to that? We want to go help the people in need. We want to go help those who are most vulnerable. So much say, so much so that now, a lot of times, at least here in the U.S., the Red Cross will say, Please stay away until we can establish, you know, safe safety for you to come and help. So there's something that um, that really rings true for me around being myself. I would I would offer unapologetically, and in that contrast, when I feel most vulnerable, and how that compares maybe in other situations where I feel a lot stronger. I think that's the point of growth. Like that's the learning opportunity. For me, yeah. for us as human beings. Yeah, yeah. And when um, I try to place this back to one of the things that I experienced while I was in my role as a commercial director for um, a um, liquor company, um, I remember those monthly meetings where we would have to explain the uh, results of the markets that we were responsible of. And somehow there was an, an atmosphere of fear of not being able to explain where the figures came from. And uh, th that brought the density to the, to the meeting. And I think, you know, um, elaborating a little bit more on that fear, I think the vulnerability piece comes in with kind of self-confidence if we are um, okay with maybe the worst thing that can happen is that you get fired. So it's, it's stepping into that vulnerability and saying, okay, um, I, I am going to explain to my utmost best from what I think. And if there are 
elements that I haven't figured out yet. Uh, I'm just honestly and openly, authentically going to share that. And if the consequence is that I lose my job, then so be it, right? That if if we are allowing ourselves to even think and feel that, it brings across a very high level of confidence, basically, that is being um, felt by other people. And it changes again. So the, the likelihood for that for the other people to then fire you is very small because you come from that space. Right. Uh, but it requires to be able to step into it and say, okay, well, I'm me. I'm presenting my uh, results the best way I can. And I'm being honest about some of them that I can't explain just yet. And whatever the consequences are of that, I'll I'll take them. Yeah, that's interesting because in many systems, I hear this a lot in, in, in my line of work, this, this notion that the solution is to drive out fear. And I hear you saying something very different than that. It's, it's not about driving out fear. I, I don't believe that anyone can be fearless. It's being with the fear. It's participating with all those things that come up within me when I have fear. And then the courage to step through it anyway. And then to your point, in my own way of saying it, at the end of the day, I can look in the mirror and I know that I was strong. I know that I tried my best. I know where my heart was in, in the situation. So it's it's interesting to me that, again, I hear it a lot, this, this notion of being fearless. And I, I just, at least in my own experience, I have never experienced fearlessness in a way that means absent of fear. I've experienced being fearless as being scared shitless and just still, you know, taking that step anyway, yeah. even, even when I mess up. And I do a lot. I mess up a lot. So yeah. I think that's yeah, important. I, I like what you're saying, the participating with fear. Mm -hmm. And all the other components that are there is a vital element of, of what we call dialogue with a capital D. Mm -hmm. um, it is holding it. It is yes. not avoiding it or stepping away from it. It is actually embracing it, unfolding it, unpacking it, saying, what's the what's the fundament of this fear? Where is it coming from? It's with that uh, inquiry um, element that we can we can dive into these fears that would give us a lot of information that most probably is a crucial part of the solution anyway. Right. And what else comes up for me too there is not defending it or making an excuse about why I feel afraid. Like it's okay to not feel okay. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay to feel frustrated. It's okay. And I think oftentimes that Again, I can only speak for myself, but a lot of times I'll just get stuck, especially because, you know, linked to what we were talking about um, maybe 10 minutes ago about this idea that in the work that you and I do, oftentimes people give us a lot of their power because we are standing in front of the room or we are, you know, facilitating um, a conflict or a relationship uh, challenge or opportunity that doesn't feel very pleasant. And so, you know, how how can we step into those spaces where, again, we can just be who we are, and if after the situation, 
we feel like we didn't get it right or I didn't like the way I behaved or because it, what's happening is um, is not all of me. So if I'm afraid or, or, or if I made a mistake and said something to someone that, that hurt them, that was one part of me in one moment in time. And I think a lot of the times we tend to just identify with like that negative thing that keeps us up at night. And all of a sudden it's all encompassing because that's all I am. So I'm a bad person because I said something in a heated moment that I didn't mean to say and hurt someone's feelings. I think what's important is, is how we recover from that and then how we manage that relationship going back, maybe, maybe standing a bit above ourselves in a way we, where we can give a little bit of ease and grace to say, I'm human and I'm sorry. And you know, how do we make it more pleasant, more healthy for us moving forward? Something along those lines. Yeah. 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 And there, what's in there as well is, is the fear of not being liked by the other person. Mm. Yeah. And that's where we usually hold back from what from expressing what's really going on for us. Um and and you know I've seen that it's 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 a, an art, it's a skill of being able to be what we call active aware in the moment, to being able to express it. And and while we're on the learning journey of becoming actively aware all the time most of the time in the beginning we have to do it in hindsight and go back to that person or to the situation and then having reflected on it we're we're more capable and able of expressing what was really going on yeah yeah and i'm really um noticing that where our conversation has emerged today uh is something around fear and i know that's something we're going to be addressing in one of our next episodes, I think one of our next recent episodes. So as we start to come to a close for this time together, not to be answered, but I'm going to rephrase the question I asked at the beginning, and I'm asking you and everyone else to consider this question. What's your opportunity? What's your opportunity? And I want to take this opportunity to just, again, thank all of our listeners, all of our viewers, the continuous support Please, please reach out with ideas, things you'd like to hear us discuss through the lens of dialogue. And if you're enjoying our program, our podcast, please remember to like us and share us and help us to make dialogue mainstream. Hitta, any last words? Well, feel free to throw in any topic you want us to, uh, to review from the lens of dialogue. So I just want to stress that even more. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for participating with us. Please visit our LinkedIn page to share your thoughts, questions, and suggestions for future episodes. Remember to like us, share, and subscribe. Until next time, this has been More Than Talk.